Hello and welcome everybody to a live taping of the Overclock ZA podcast of Africa's most accessible consumer technology podcast. This is episode 132. I am Lindsay Shooter, sharpshooters on social media. That opinion guy on the internet and I'm joined as always by the editor of South Africa's largest consumer technology publication, Tech Magazine. Gavin Dudley, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I need to correct you, of course, as usual. I need to correct your thinking generally, you know, about tech and about Apple and about the world in general. But but today, just a minor alteration. I think we're on episode 131, not 132 as you started, but it's all good. We are recording on Spotify's Green Room. I don't know if it's called Spotify. I don't know the nomenclature like exactly, but it's Green Room by Spotify. Um, you're testing it out for the first time, already running into some limitations. But these live audio drop-in kind of channels are quite awesome, I think. Yeah, I mean, in the future, we're hoping that instead of just having this kind of podcast download where, you know, we drop everything we're thinking on you, you can actually push back and query with us in the green room where we'll have a slightly more interactive kind of vibe, you know, somewhere down the line when we're ready to interact. Right now, it's still a kind of a one-way street, I'm afraid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So I apologize for any drops in audio quality. But first off, out the gate, Gavin, when the S21 launched earlier this year, what did I tell you? What did I tell the people? who are wanting to buy Samsung's latest and greatest? Um, I think you told them to wait because there would be a new kind of chipset arrangement arriving soon, which would be much better. Yes. And right. that is a marriage between Samsung's Exynos and AMD, bringing right. in a two um, GPU architecture to a mobile platform. And early testing is in, even running on like the older um, Cortex A77 uh, cores, it is just completely obliterating the Apple A14 Bionic chip. Yeah, I mean, of course, that's what's going on now. You know, in a, in a few months' time, Apple will bring out its new chip, and I have no doubt that will lay waste to everything else. So, as usual, Apple is setting the pace, and everybody is, you know, measuring their performance against Apple. Um, this, this Exynos AMD uh, marriage... Is this like in the lab or is this kind of already out the lab? Uh, this is still very much in the lab. They're still in testing. Um, they're not even properly on top of like the latest and greatest technologies yet. So like the Exynos 2100 has the Cortex-A or the Cortex-X2 cores um, and not the A77. So it still right. needs to be updated to, to like the newer chips. For, for those of us who are already lost in the brands and the tech speak and the geek speak that we just came up with there, what's going on is that the mobile processor world is now leveraging off the PC graphics processor world to form a new kind of high-performance mobile chipset. Um, so that's Samsung getting into bed with uh, AMD, who is the, one of the biggest kind of rivals to NVIDIA and Intel in the chip world. Um, um, the, the reason there's so much emphasis on graphics processing is because it's one of the areas where phones still lag behind PCs quite substantially. But mobile gaming is by far the biggest growth sector in gaming at the moment. So improving mobile gaming performance is a big bloody deal for absolutely everyone. Okay. Hmm. Moving on to PCs, Gavin, Windows 11 was made live. The inside the preview builds are out and about. Uh, just give us a rundown of why we should care. 
um, well, as I think you astutely pointed out, not every edition of Windows, every new edition of Windows, is a kind of a milestone in tech history. You know, they, they tend to be big, outstanding ones, like um, Windows 95, Windows XP, um, Windows 7, I think, and Windows 10, I think, was another big, outstanding milestone. Hmm. But there are all these quite forgettable... Uh, yeah, yeah, there are all these quite forgettable versions in between, and it's possible that Windows 11 will turn out to be one of those, which is not to say there aren't some really fascinating highlights. I'll just run through some of the stuff that caught my attention, and then you see if any of that matters to you. Um, the taskbar now has its icons in the middle at the bottom, um, which is very Apple-like, a rare moment in which Windows borrows from Apple. Um, there'd be multiple virtual desktops, which is not a new feature that's been around for a while, so I won't go into that. Teams, which is uh, Microsoft's version of Zoom, basically, with a lot of stuff added in, a lot more integration with other Microsoft applications and so on, will now be baked into the operating system, so it won't come as a standalone application the way it does at the moment. That's Teams. There will be auto HDR. I don't know. That's the kind of thing that will matter quite a lot to Lindsay, I suspect. You have much improved voice controls, which is impressive because Microsoft's been working on voice control of the PC for over 30 years. So we'll see where that goes to. Um, and then there are just lots of other usability features, uh, which we won't get into here. They are punting the Xbox Game Pass, which basically allows you to play all these games that were originally on Xbox, but now you can play them inside your PC using the Xbox emulator. Um, this is a really big deal. It gives you access to hundreds of games, hundreds of premium games on a month-to-month -month basis. Separate issue that. Um, okay. Um, the thing probably that's going to matter the most to the most people and me and possibly you is that Windows now runs Android applications. Um, strictly speaking, it's not like you can just go to Google's App Store and download applications because Microsoft's still not quite in bed with Google just yet. What's going on is that Amazon built a parallel App Store to Google, which had a whole lot of Android applications in it, the same versions more or less that you would find in Google's App Store except that they were Amazon's App Store. And that is what Microsoft is using to get Android apps into Windows, is the Amazon Android App Store. So, you know, it's probably got 80% of everything that was in Google Store and definitely all the big apps. Um, that's going to matter a lot, that Android apps will run natively on Windows 11, hopefully without too much performance penalty. I hope it won't just be a huge distraction I, I hope that we'll actually see a fusion of these ecosystems coming together there in a, in a good way. Um, but overall, what's really interesting about a Microsoft product launch compared to, say, an Apple product launch or a Google product launch or uh, anyone else um, is that Windows and Microsoft come across as just very calm, relaxed, earnest and cool about their product. They're not making claims about their product that, you know, that are out, out of scale with reality and so on. And this is one of the reasons why I've really warmed to the Microsoft brand over the years. And this is all summarized in this headline, which I'm going to give you now, which to me just encapsulated the whole issue of what's going on in the tech world. Windows 11 is the polite child in a class full of tech bullies. That is exactly how I see the situation. 
Microsoft is a mature tech company. It has surfed every wave of revolutionary new tech that we that you know we've seen in our lifetimes. Microsoft has been there from the very start of the PC revolution. It's been mobile. It's done lots of other things. It's been everywhere, and I think mobile. it has. Well, okay, it, it it made a play that didn't work out quite as it expected, but. I think what's going on is that Microsoft is calmly self-assured, mainly because they have a much longer history than all these other tech companies. They've seen everything, been there and done that. So they come across as calm and self-assured. They don't need to prove anything to anyone. They don't need to prove anything to their competitors. You know, they're as big as Amazon and Apple, and they're right up there. And uh, I quite like that. And I think that's why I'm warming to the Microsoft brand. It has a kind of a calm, self-assured maturity that I don't find in many of the other brands. Okay, so that's my whole take on Windows 11. I think um, early versions of it are available to people on the Insiders program, which is just yeah. about anybody who wants to join up. But I think the stable and mature, uh, stable and uh, final versions will be out in sort of October or so. Is that right? Mm, yeah, Somewhere around, um, around the holiday season. Uh, but uh, so much for <laughs> trying to be the polite child in class full of tech bullies. <laughs> but they are bullying you to buy a new machine because only certain chips are supported beginning at Intel's eighth generation oh. and like kind of any Ryzen from about two years ago. So they're right. forcing a massive hardware upgrade telling well, you to buy Windows 11 ready PCs. Is, well, they're not forcing you to do anything. I mean, it's it's what four years. Uh, you know, if your PC is older than four years old, then you've got have got no hope. But then, if your PC is older than four years old, I don't know what kind of computer user you are, and it's a miracle your PC is running at all. But um, you will just continue with Windows 10, and everything will be absolutely fine. You know, um, everything yeah, you have today. So this is the same thing that's happening on Android. Uh, but yeah, yeah, my top line thoughts are. I've discovered that I am a Microsoft 365 user and not a Windows user. I'm platform agnostic and I carry my 365 subscription wherever I go. The only thing that would make me supremely happy with Windows 11 is if they roll in teams entirely into Microsoft 365 the way Skype is done now. And they finally put a bullet into Skype. Um, when it comes to Microsoft Store, I do not care for it uh, because it's just, even now with the Android apps, it's just more of a bad thing because there are too many really crappy apps that people would like you to purchase on the Microsoft Store. Right okay, now. but which, which app store doesn't have crappy apps, though? You know, iStore, Play Store, Amazon App Store, they all got crappy apps. I mean, that's the nature of... You know, every app developer hoping to score a hit somewhere. You know, they all have yeah, but crappy Microsoft apps. Microsoft is a little bit, it's got a higher crappy on like my first search kind of. Yeah, okay. I'm inclined to agree with you there. Sure. I think the system that they use to surface the important apps is not great. So it surfaces a lot of crap. And yet, and it's not clear which are the leading lights, you know, which is very clear on, on the Android app store. Okay, yeah, I'll yeah keep but going. like I said, I'm, I'm platform agnostic, so it's not really yes, good to me at all. Um, and then, yeah, there's still not enough of a focus on like touch computing. Like at least Microsoft allows you to touch the the screen, but it's still not a great experience. And yeah, I had the the Surface Seven Pro or the Surface Pro Seven. 
and that was not a great tablet experience, to be completely honest. Because it's Windows, not because of the uh, hardware, but because of the, the, the UI and the, the underlying operating system. Yeah, and it was slow, and it was like too many clicks to get to like a brightness slider, and the touching, the touch interface was way too um, inaccurate, and yeah, it was just a, a terrible. I I I I had high hopes for that device, and it just let me down as a tablet. Pretty cool as a portable workstation, um, but yeah, everything else not so great. Talking okay. about other things that are new. Um, Microsoft is now a $2 trillion company as well, and Facebook finally surpassed $1 trillion. Can you unpack yeah. a bit of that for us? Um, no, not really. Facebook's uh, market uh, value leapt upwards when uh, the and recent antitrust complaint against it got sort of dismissed by the Federal Trade Commission, which is like a big regulatory body in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, they decided the case against Facebook was without merit. This, I think, links back to the how they filtered information that allowed people to storm the capital. I think it all links back to that. And um, they've decided that Facebook was not terribly culpable for what it was doing there. It threw the case out, and on, the, on that basis, Facebook rocketed up to $1 trillion in value. What has happened in the past is that when there's big legal action pending against the likes of Facebook, what they do is they allocate – a couple of hundred million into a slush fund to pay off whatever fines they're going to receive. And then the market goes, okay, well, even if the case goes against them, they've banked $350 million available to pay off the fines. And so we can continue to give them a high market valuation because even if they lose the case, they're not going to lose, you know, it's already been costed in, which is a really weird way to proceed. You know, it's how BEE was handled in our country where people would just allocate money to pay off the fines they're going to receive for not having good BEE, you know, which is a really negative, cynical way to approach it. And yet that's sort of what happened. So anyway, Facebook's case was thrown out, which allowed its market value to rocket upwards. Microsoft has been slow and steady getting to the $2 trillion mark, where there's now wide speculation. They should simply give away Windows operating system because – the amount of effort that goes into selling it is just not worth it anymore. You know, it would be easier, since most of it's a free upgrade to most people anyway, they should just give away Windows and concentrate on their cloud business and their, their corporate kind of 365 level business, which is an interesting take on the market. They should just give away yeah. Windows. Mm. I, I fully agree with that. And, but yeah, they're trying to force that, that hardware upgrade now. Um, moving on to other things, Kevin, uh, Wear OS, Tizen, Uniform platform, Samsung took the mobile World Congress stage and showed us nothing, really. Yeah. Uh, key, key takeaways are One UI is coming to smartwatches, One UI watch. So it's a layer that they're putting over this new unified platform that is going to look more like One UI does on Samsung phones right now. Um, and then. Yeah. It's it's like an awkward place. It's an awkward yeah, place yeah. because after the Google uh, after the Google presentation a couple of weeks ago, we now have Samsung, Google, Fitbit, and Wear OS all kind of trying to roll itself into one product. It's really awkward. Mm. Mm. But there was zero mention of Fitbit. Um, Samsung still seems to believe that Samsung Health is going to survive this transition. There's now three-year software updates for all the watches um, that are currently flagship. So it's 
Galaxy Watch wow. Active, Galaxy Watch Active 2, Galaxy, the current Galaxy Watch. That will all get three years of software updates, but will not be updated to the unified platform, which is interesting. And then, um, yeah, I, I like this because it gives like at least three years of usable life to the current watches. I like that Google is winning more out of this transaction than Samsung is. Samsung will probably sell a hell of a lot of watches. But I also like that they're putting one UI on top of everything because I'm back on the Note 9 now after having sold my S21 Ultra. And I don't miss any of the Android 11 features because the core apps in One UI, I think this is a 2.5, are being updated regularly. My notes work the exact same way as it would on an Android 11 with a One UI 3.0. So I'm not feeling like I'm a second class citizen because I'm not running the latest and greatest Android. Yeah, I am. Um, as you as you're telling me all this, I'm starting to see the platform environment is getting a little messy. Hmm. <coughs> you know, if they they're going to try and combine Wear OS and Tizen, and technically they're going to be folding um, Fitbit's operating system into that somehow, somehow as well. You know, it kind of all becomes a bit messy, and that's just now for the wearables, and then. You know, we have like other platform issues going on. For example, we now have the Amazon App Store servicing Microsoft Windows. Um, you know, we have this that won't run on that. For example, Green Room won't run on the PC, only on the app. It's like annoying me that there's this much fragmentation. I was hoping there would be further consolidation. So, I mean, are, do you have any hope that the Wear OS Google product combined with Samsung's Tizen combined with Samsung's hardware know-how, combined with whatever Google can get out of Fitbit's IP, are you confident that a great range of wearables is going to emerge from this soup? Uh, No, I think a great wearables platform will emerge. But talking about Fitbit, um, because they had a little small Google presentation as part of their presentation as well, Um, and both Samsung and Google were kind of hyping up the Adidas running app, which is the old Runtastic app that Adidas kind of just bought over. So mm-hmm. that is like, if you want to make good use of it, you need to do the subscription service thing. Um, it's pretty much useless without the, paying for the subscription. And it, for me, it indicates that we're going to see a big um, announcement sometime soon. And now it's, it's just an, a very uncomfortable marriage right now from my perspective. Okay. And I, put I hope it, it turns put, out into something good. I put it to you another way, sir. Of the uh, bigger fitness wearable brands, um, where does Samsung fit into your 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 universe of of preferred devices? I'm assuming. What well, what are you going to put first, a Fitbit or a Garmin? I'm not sure. What are you going to uh, put first? I'll put a Garmin Garmin Polar Sunto. Okay. All on the same tier. Then well, second, that's, all, that's already a problem because, you know, Polar and Sunto, they don't really have good products that penetrate down below the high-end level, you know, whereas Garmin services the whole range. Okay, so those three you're putting at the top, followed uh, yeah, by? Then it's, then it's Fitbit, Apple Watch. Um, I'll put the Samsungs up there, actually, because there isn't really any... You're not going to put it on the same tier as as the Apple Watch, surely? Or are you? 
yes, I will because um, okay. where Apple Watch isn't available to Android users, um, the Samsung Watch is. Yeah. So that's where it like kind of wins, not because it's really great at like doing apps and all that sort of okay. thing. Okay. Um, it's the best yeah. Apple Watch for the Android world, is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then I have Huawei kind of nipping at the heels of that second tier. Right. Down at the third. And yeah, there's some other lesser brands out there. Yeah, well. it's kind of strange. You know, I, I'm coming at it quite differently. I'm Huawei is my first choice, both for watches and for tracking bands. You know, whether you're going heavyweight or lightweight, I'm going with mm. Huawei both times. Then I'm going Fitbit. But I'm really interested in Wear OS as an idea, which, of course, is going away. I think the OS part of that's going away. It's just going to be called Wear, I believe, going forward. Mm. But if they can incorporate any of the stuff they've learned from Fitbit into the new Wear operating system, then I have hopes for that. Okay, but I think we've been on this topic for quite a while. We can move on. Mm, also, wide band, should we care? Uh, maybe not quite yet, although directional tracking things with, like, Samsung's little tracking thing and Apple tracking things, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool right now. Okay, so, I mean, again, for, for the listeners who don't even know what ultra-wideband is all about, I can't claim to be an expert of any kind, but where this is being used quite a lot right now are on these little tracker pucks that you can attach to your valuables that can report their movements. You know, if you have uh, something expensive, let's say oh, your handbag full of stuff or maybe your tog bag in your locker room at the gym. If these have got one of these tracking devices on it, you can actually track how your bag is moving around, possibly if it gets stolen, you can find it. Um, but it uses, my understanding is it uses ultra-wideband to do most or some of those functions. Is that correct? Yeah, some of the smarter functions. So like to actually do like AR stuff where it can show you which direction and how far it is by approximation. Um, also, wideband is also going to become important when, like, the car key is now moving to the phone. Um, so BMW's right. got a lot of that sort of stuff. Uh, that That's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's, it's going to start becoming a thing, but it's not quite a thing right now. It's, it's kind of like 5G. It's like you, you don't okay. really need it now. So the, the benefit of using ultra-wideband, which is just a different kind of radio wave frequency, essentially, is that it's good for detecting direction. Is that right? Yeah, yes. And so that, that's, what makes it, that's what makes it good for these, these tracker tab, uh, tabs that you stick on things because it can give you direction. Okay, do you think you will use ultra-wideband inside a mall to find a store, for example? Maybe. I don't uh -huh. know. But I think, okay. I think we'll get like internal, like Wi-Fi um, connected. First. Yeah, first, before we get ultra-wideband. Other things that you shouldn't really care about but is really cool is LDAC. It's Sony's low-latency, kind of almost lossless, high-end Bluetooth streaming codec that just lets through the most data across the Bluetooth stream. And I've been testing out the Sony WF-1000XM4s, and I have never heard music sound so good <laughs> on truly wireless buds that okay. the LDAC is firing and I'm playing high-quality audio. It is incredible. Believe okay, so, so, so just, just to clarify, LDAC is Sony's own 
version of how to compress audio for wireless use where it preserves almost all the quality of the product, almost all the quality of the sound within that file format, right? So there's a whole lot of competing versions. Um, The most popular used in most headphones is, is it SBC? SBC now dynamically adjusts up and down whether you can have more quality or better connection. So, you know, it, it kind of tries to keep you connected at the best pos- possible sound quality, but it will forfeit sound quality to try and keep you connected or whichever you choose. You can have it weighted for uh, better sound quality or better connection quality. So LDAC is going to be a little sensitive to connection strength because it's passing way more data through the music yeah. stream than all the other formats, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is and the thing is, not something you're going to be using when you're walking around like a city or like commuting or whatever. This is. I see. You switch it on. You are in the same room as your phone or whatever right. device can output an LDAC, and you are kicking back and you're listening to your tune. So, so again, just for the listeners and for myself to get clear here, you can take any kind of music, any file. It's an MP3. It's an uh, M4V, it's any, anything else. It's just a sound file of any kind. But when it yeah. gets played back using LDAC, it compresses the sound much less. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So you're getting, okay. I've managed to trigger on Apple Music um, the high res lossless, which is 24 bit uh, 96 kilohertz. Um, that's I'm not very to high. Trigger that. Yeah. That's the, that's the highest. <laughs> Um, available on Apple products, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. and I managed to, to unlock that. And I that's something that I haven't managed to unlock using um, the quad deck on the LG um, G8X. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I really struggle to figure out how to fire up which formats when I just go with sort of a default. I just let it work it out by itself. Unless I I download onto the phone the ultra high res versions of the tracks from Spotify. I don't really know what it's using, how it's using it, when it's using it. I wanted to use aptX all the time, but it all just seems kind of random between what file I'm playing, what I'm playing it on, uh, what device I'm using and what headphones I'm using. There's so many variables that I really struggle to get the quality chain working, you know, throughout. Um, The point here for the listeners, I suppose, is that you have to understand Bluetooth music and especially the new true wireless headphones are uh, so sophisticated that um, there are all different ways you can pipe the music in, except that the source of the music still remains really important. So if you start with feeble source material, uh, low-res Spotify or whatever, it can't be improved by your headphones. You have to start with a high-res source, but that is now a point of much discussion at the moment. Mm. Hmm. So you reckon LDAC for the win, right? Wow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was good on the, I had a Sony um, Bluetooth speaker a couple of months back, and I thought that okay. was good. But uh-huh. first, like piped directly into your ears with that noise cancelling. Uh, wow, it's a transformative experience. Uh, but, that's, so, yeah, that's my story for the week. Um, I am Lindsay Shooters, Sharp Shooters on social media. That opinion guy on the internet, that opinion guy.co.za is where you'll find me on the website. Um, I got a lot of things on the boil at the moment. The website is active again, um, generating some business leads, which is great. But yeah, we had a 
person who requested to speak, and I think they have left now. Um, yeah. If there are no questions, that's me for the week. Gavin, what's up with you? Um, person who, who went off without connecting with us, please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same time next. Please do come back round about the same same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next please do come back round about the same time next